Welcome to the Wounded Healers Podcast. I'm Janessa. And I'm Amy. We were brought together by our shared wound of an autoimmune condition in our early 20s. This is a place where we explore our wounds with our listeners and guests who recognize the challenges of being human in hopes of helping all of us let let the the light light in. in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Wounded Healers podcast. Hey, Amy. Hey, everyone. If I'm sounding super nasally, there's a reason. I'm sick. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. Amy asked how I was doing before this and I was like, I feel like trash. So um, that's the honest truth. I pushed myself too far and I have COVID right now, which is like, come on, COVID. I, I thought know. we were done. Who I thought we were done, girl. <laughs> I know. I was literally like, what in the fuck? So anyway, here I am, oh. nasally and all, but I'm here for y'all. And I'm super excited to be here. And Amy is an amazing co-host because she was like, if you can't make it, I got you. And I was like, thank you, girl. Oh, yeah, of course. Tell us a little bit about your experience with COVID this time around. This is your second uh-huh. time. This is my yeah. second time. And um, this time, it's not as bad as the first time, thankfully, but it just kind of like hit me out of nowhere. I was telling Amy, I turned 29 last Friday, June 8th, and like I went out with some friends to dinner and I literally had one, like one and a half drinks, not even two one and a half drinks. I had a Paloma, which is like a Mexican drink. And I swear that I think my body was already fighting this without me knowing. And that one and a half drinks just fucking did me in. Like it literally, I think my body was like, we can't fight anymore. (laughs) You're not doing us any favors. (laughs) So yeah. So that was it. And then other than that, Mm -hmm. I have like been home just trying to kind of mend myself been meditating a lot more I've definitely needed that this past week I've been making my green juice I have very amazing um hydrating doing all the things I need to do doubling up a vitamin d zinc and magnesium super helpful um but yeah I was telling Amy that I went to lay down on my couch and watch some shows and since I've always been a total Netflix moocher and I've used my mom's Netflix I am finally kicked out thanks Netflix <laughs> Boo. yeah <laughs> and so I have HBO and um that's what I was using and what was suggested to me was 50 shades of gray and I was like okay I feel so sick and like sure like I'm gonna watch it I didn't read the books I have a general concept of what this is about but holy fucking shit I was just like tissues in my nose (laughs) fever written I was in fucking sweatpants and like looking like a slob watching like the hottest film I've ever seen I was just like wow (laughs) is it all so I 50 shades gets like you know slammed a lot I thought it was brilliant. I thought mm-hmm. Dakota Johnson in that role was incredible. She played Anna. Was it, wait, is her name Anna? Yep. Yeah. Anna. So uh-huh. like clever and witty and smart. Like I have read the books and I've seen all the films and she really like lifted that character. And I, I think yeah. the film's amazing. I liked them. I liked it so much. I watched all of them this week. And so my husband got home and he's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I feel like shit, but I'm also like kind of turned on. Like, hi. (laughs) So so yes, I would recommend. I think it is well done. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. 
Yeah, I think it, what was your fa- which one was your favorite out of all three? You know, there's something about the first one. And I think it's because that's the one I was awake for the most because having COVID, <laughs> I fell in and out of sleep yeah. a lot. So I'd wake up to yeah. like this really kinky sexy. I was like, whoa, I missed something. And so <laughs> I'd have to rewind it. But the first one really was like, okay, like yeah. she's shy. She's like your your average girl. And he, she's like, you know going and doing all these wild things and I love that yes get it Anna (laughs) yeah definitely but also the masquerade part when they go to that ball her dress I was like get out of here yeah so damn good (laughs) is that I that is that the third film I think that's the third one yeah yeah so the third one's my fave Mm -hmm. their honeymoon oh my god and didn't (laughs) it have the song that song oh the Ellie is it Ellie Golden. Ellie Golden. It's like yeah. love me like you do. Yeah, I literally was like, oh fuck. And I'm like on the on the private chat with that playing. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, I could trade places for just one day. Just Iconic. one day, please. Yeah, <laughs> one day in that red room. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, oh, god. But that's how COVID's been for me. Yeah. So that's been like my highlight is watching Fifty Shades of Grey and then oh. sitting out by. I like sit out on the deck and mm. we have you know. Amy knows us, but our deck overlooks this like man-made little like pond. It looks like a swamp, yeah. honestly. Right yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this swamp. So I've just been like sitting there, kind of listlessness is the best word I have for what I've experienced. Ooh, I'm just yeah. sitting there, and it's just like time is just rolling on by. But your girl's mm. just sick, just chilling. But at least I'm soaking up that vitamin D. So mm. yes, and you feeling you're getting better. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's the highlight yeah. is so far I am definitely feeling better. I Genuinely, I wouldn't be on the podcast if I didn't feel somewhat yeah. better than I was. Yeah. So I'm here because I love you guys. I want to be here, but I also love myself. And I checked in and made sure I could be here today. So, yes. 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 We yes. love making sure our needs are met and that everything's okay before we overcommit. Amen. And that's what got me sick in the first place. (laughs) We did love it and don't do as Janessa did. (laughs) Good. Um, so do you remember we were texting in the week and I was saying I think we should add in a segment to the podcast, Hot or Not? Oh my god, yes. I saw this. Yeah. (laughs) In my feverish dreams, I remember. I'm just kidding. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, I've been listening to a brand new podcast. It's called The Unedited. And I, I recommend you guys check it out. It's these two girls that live in Chicago and they're very cool. Um, yeah, they're, they're a great vibe to listen to, but they do a segment in their podcast called Hot or Not. Um, and it's been fun. So I'm, we're just going to rip them off. Thank you so much to the unedited podcast. Please go and listen <laughs> to it because we us. are, yeah, yeah. you've inspired <laughs> us. Um, so yes, this hot or not that I've come up with is antiperspirant. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's such a, that is a, oh, that is a heavy hot or not. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> Um, and I, I wanted to bring it up. I wanted to do it as hot or not because I have updates on antiperspirant. So when we were in California and uh, we were having our photo shoot, our photographer was saying like, please don't worry about me. I'm really stinky because I'm transitioning off of antiperspirant. And um, 
we were kind of talking about that for a little bit and I told her that I still use antiperspirant with aluminium in like Dove and she looked at me as if I just told her I do heroin like on, like she was too stunned to speak <laughs> so <laughs> that has been living rent-free in my head ever since um and I myself now I'm transitioning off of um <gasps> antiperspirant so mm. yeah I found an amazing one by a French brand called Nukes which I do, I'm not sure if you have that in the States. Dude, I don't, but when we no, do our care N-U- packages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nukes. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and it really works for me. So I'm here to say that antiperspirant is not hot. Damn. What's, what's your view on antiperspirant? Oh my God. Chance, okay, my view is like, oh shit, I'm super biased because I'm already, it's like not hot, but here's my journey with it. So yeah. I like, grew up wearing if you're in the US and maybe in the UK you have to confirm this Amy but mm. in the US we had this brand called Teen Spirit and it was this like sparkly ass like bright pink um antiperspirant and you'd put it on and you smelled like a fucking bouquet of like I don't know tropical flowers Frisias, um, yeah exactly <laughs> and um yeah and that was like the shit and it was like super sparkly and like very well marketed towards mm-hmm. young girls mm-hmm. so I grew up on that for sure um and it wasn't until my mom came to me one day and was like mm, like you know I was reading this article mm-hmm. and like the aluminum can like it's right next to your lymph nodes like you know you can really absorb that that can be cancerous and I was like okay whatever it didn't mean much to me at that time but my mom gave me this like natural like tom's deodorant like tom's also makes like toothpaste and other things but the shoe people um no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I don't think it's the same as the shoe people yeah. but okay maybe yeah. watch me be wrong anyway yeah it's tom's called tom's the, yeah. the, tom's the og tom's <laughs> mm-hmm. so um yeah she gave me that i started using it but like i quickly realized that i am a stanky girl like i just smell <laughs> and i'm like fuck and so like that didn't work so i went through so many antiperspirants and even up until college i was like still going through them and like just recently I went to Target and it's funny that you're talking about this because I was like, you know what? I'm tired of being a good girl with antiperspirant and not getting aluminum. And so I picked a scent and it is aluminum free and paraben free, but it's through the brand Secret, which I just don't usually do. I usually do like a holistic brand. So I am aluminum free still. It is actually hiding like my armpit stench, which is like when I go climbing insane so yeah i'm gonna go ahead after that very long ass thing and say not hot not hot but also i have been tempted to the hotness of it so (laughs) just know i'm weak i'm weak in the knees i don't want to smell bad yeah it's hard it's really hard because that the antiperspirant works and you get Mm -hmm. used to not having sweaty pits like i just went out for a walk and my armpits were chafing because of the sweat. <laughs> and I was like, God, that hasn't happened in 20 years. Yeah. So um yeah. So yeah, you do um you do get used to it, but it's fun to explore new things and mm-hmm. yeah. Totally. Yeah, give new things a go. Dang. I like that. Thank you, the unedited, for that. Yes. Awesome. Thanks. Segment. Thanks, girls, for the <laughs> for the fun idea. Yes. <laughs> and it actually it's a little little bit of a nice link talking about like detoxing or like you know being careful of the toxins around your body 
which leads us on to the topic of today's podcast, which is alcohol or lack thereof. Oh, yes. <laughs> you just because... heard the, the intro. I mean, off one and a half drinks, my body was like, but you're getting sick. So yeah, anyway. yeah. I've got so... some I've got some things to say about that. <laughs> yes, let's go, Amy. You guys, my voice is so gross. I'm gonna let Amy take the reins. <laughs> yes. So this Saturday, Saturday the 17th of June is going to mark my one year of sobriety from alcohol, which is exciting for me. Um, So yeah, I wanted to kind of mark the occasion by talking a little bit about sobriety and what life is like without alcohol in it, because this is, you know, tends to be a little bit of a health podcast with some other stuff thrown in. But I think if you're conscious of your health, cutting alcohol out is actually a really powerful and not very hard thing to do that can have some really good results. So I thought you guys might be interested to hear a little bit about my experiences over the last year. Um, So yeah, let's just get right into it. Let me tell you some things. So why I wanted to try sobriety. I was not an alcoholic by any means and I was not dependent on alcohol by any means but with hindsight I would describe my drinking as problematic and this is obviously a personal thing like some people might look at the way I drank and thought that's nothing or some people might be like oh my gosh that's hideous you know it definitely is a personal thing and I'm not here to tell you one way or another whether I think your drinking is problematic um but it was just something I felt in my consciousness and as I I don't know whether it was me getting older or whether it was me having RA but it definitely kind of my experiences with alcohol really kind of got worse like I was still throwing up after drinking and I you know I remember one New Year's Eve the New Year's Eve like before I decided to like try sobriety I we went to a house party and I literally took like enough drinks to make three margaritas and I somehow ended up drinking so much like Prosecco and everything got home threw up woke up the next day and I'd planned this really nice New Year's Day with my family and I was still drunk like I know I was still drunk and I drunk drove to their house the next day um and it was horrendous because there was um a classic car meetup on the road between me and my parents house and there were all these so expensive classic cars and like pedestrians walking everywhere in the street and I was like wow I can't see straight and I'm gonna like have to navigate this like what are you doing girl what are you doing um that's something that really sticked and stuck in my head and it was like talking to me throughout the whole rest of that year um and yeah I do also I have alcoholism in my family so at least two generations of alcoholism and I I would I can't sit here and say alcohol is 100% hereditary but I think there is studies that kind of displays that it does run in families so to say probably more of a environmental factor of being around someone that drinks too much but 
that does exist in my family and I was conscious of you know if I want to be a mother one day what kind of example do I want to set for my kids and yeah that sort of thing has been on my mind and then of course my health so I have rheumatoid arthritis I take medication for that for a long time I took methotrexate and you know I was having blood tests like every eight weeks to check that my liver was functioning okay and yet still binge drinking you know there's so many so many really great valid reasons for me to give it a go that I decided to and I was just like I'm just gonna stop drinking for a bit and see how I feel and I didn't int- I was not when I stopped I was not intending to be like I'm never gonna drink again I was just like let's see what it's like for like a couple of months and I loved it like the benefits that existed just so outweighed any positive there ever was from drinking um and I can list a few of them now but really that it's just everything in my life is improved but one of the things that sticks out the most is my self-esteem like I just and I, I wouldn't say like I had self-esteem issues by any means but it's just I just feel so proud of myself and I'm like if I can make this choice and prioritize my health and prioritize my future in the best way it's such a confidence builder it's yeah it really makes you feel as if you're doing the right thing and like prioritizing yourself and that's really powerful um it's definitely bring, brought like a sense of like peace and well-being to my life. Like when I was drinking, I would often black out, which is I think is actually quite a normal th- thing to do when you binge drink. So I would be, oh no, Janessa, you don't think it is a normal thing to do? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was like, holy shit. No, no, no. No, no, you're good. No judgments. I just, I personally, I've never blacked out before. And it's interesting you say this though, because my husband, Zach, we were talking about college stuff and he's like, yeah, I think I blacked out that night. And I was like, holy shit. He's like, no, it's not that bad. I was like, I have never blacked out before. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I don't think it's bad at all. But I just I get shocked because I I must have missed some college yeah. freaking thing I was supposed to go through because everyone's like, no, yeah, I think my- it. No. I think it's something to do with like the way your brain processes alcohol. Like I think it happens yeah. to some people or it doesn't. But okay. I would be walking around acting perfectly normally, like interacting with people, having conversations with people. And I would not exist on the inside. And like the next day, people would be like, do you remember this conversation you we had? Do you remember what you did? And like, but I would not, I would have no memory, which is so dangerous. It's so dangerous to just be like walking around the club, like <laughs> to interacting with all these people <laughs> and not being inside yourself. Like it's terrifying. So Dude. um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say some weird shit. I just know myself. I'd be like, "Have you seen Shrek? Do you like yeah. Shrek?" And I'd be like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" I'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> I mean, you do that anyway without being drunk. That's true. Enjoy <laughs> it, you guys. Get out my swamp. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's definitely like where the sense of like well-being and peace comes from because I had a lot of like power. I had I would suffer with a lot of hangover paranoia of being like, what did I say? What did I do? Who did I offend? Um, type thing. Um, I also my sleep has been incredible. So 
a little known fact is alcohol takes like three days to be processed out of your body, three or four days to be fully processed out of your body. And even the smallest amount of alcohol affects your sleep pattern. So if you drink even one drink twice a week, your body is actually never getting 100% full maximum sleep to the best of its ability, which can result in like a constant feeling of tiredness, um, which I now do not have. I have so much more energy in general. Yeah, I, you know, I'm good to get out of bed. I'm like better to stay up late even. So yeah, the sleep has made a massive difference. Um, and on a vain note, my skin is so much better than it ever was. Like I used to suffer with a lot of breakouts, just like dullness, redness, and my skin has so much more vitality now and it just kind of like glows. So that's clearly a result of toxic, like my toxic load being less and like just all my organs working not as hard. Um, so yeah, amazing benefits of not drinking and the only real con is that you do miss out like you when in terms of like a social setting you do miss out on some fun times there's no one can sit here and say like I wouldn't want anyone to sit here and say like oh you don't even notice like you can have a non-alcoholic drink and it's absolutely fine like that's not the case like when everyone's having a cocktail and you're having a mocktail when everyone gets on the hype you know like the two drink hype where everyone's just like a little bit lifted but no one's gone like sideways yet you don't match that energy when you're sober you just don't and I think there's also an element of if your friendship groups if drinking is a big part of the way you spend your time together I do think like you can kind of make your friends feel a bit of a way and like that's not through you know you do become a a mirror for them of like oh she's not drinking but I am drinking and I I think inevitably that does that does make people feel a bit of a way um so yeah but I did want to say on that point like you throughout your life you are allowed to change and you don't owe your friends any sort of behavior um like there are no social packs like just because you acted one way before if that doesn't serve you don't do it anymore and don't do anything drinking but anything to make other people feel comfortable like you don't owe that to anyone and true friends will support you in your endeavors and you might even inspire some of your friends to stop drinking with you you never know yes get it amy i'm over here clapping in the background like yes 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 Damn. I was thinking like when you're talking about a few of the things, Amy, I kind of wrote this down on my little notepad mm. here that I think at least the way that I've perceived alcohol um, and in my own uses of it and especially mm -hmm. in college before I got diagnosed, so like my freshman year and sophomore year of college, I pretty much said like, like I – um, would hide behind substances to do things that scared me, um, meaning that I didn't have the confidence to do at that time or say. Um, and then when we step into the fear, like soberly, we get yeah. to experience discomfort, which uh -huh. is quite the experience because discomfort can encourage growth. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the uh -huh. times 
when we're not sober, we minimize the experience of discomfort and learning from that and actually having growth. So it's this like false growth, but we haven't obtained anything. Wow. Beautifully said. Thanks, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And that does, yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that kind of leads back to building self-esteem because you're like, I'm constantly putting myself in really uncomfortable situations and I'm surviving Mm -hmm. them. And I'm feeling great about myself. And it's just Mm -hmm. every time you do a little challenge and you overcome it, you're like, I'm great. I'm I'm doing the thing. Yeah. Ed Milet says, like, on the other side of challenges and adversity, you meet your future self, which I love that Uh, saying. Because it's just like, yes, like, if we don't step up to the plate and experience these little discomforts – and experience what it's like to have to go through those. We never meet our future self, the person who's more brave, the person who's more confident mm. in themselves. Mm. So yeah, definitely yeah. dig that. Wow, amazing. And yeah, it's like speaking of like difficult things that have happened like during my year of sobriety, I did a lot of growth and a lot of things changed. Like I had been in a relationship for four and a half years and that relationship ended after I became sober and I don't know if that was because I had the confidence and the self-esteem to realize that it wasn't serving me or because the way you know we lived our lives changed there could be any reason but it's a really tough thing to do to end a relationship that had been going on for that long and you know was such a crutch it was like that relationship was a crutch the same way alcohol was a crutch. And like when I realized I could toss the alcohol crutch away, I I don't want to say I tossed my relationship away. That sounds a bit savage, but you know, I realized that I wasn't as reliant on those crutches and I could walk away, which then led me to dating sober, which is another really uncomfortable thing to go through, especially in the UK the standard like first date is let's go for a drink I don't know if it's the same in the states but 100% yeah so going on first dates doing that sober was really interesting and enlightening you know it was like really getting to see someone without any like haze around them just like turning up as my whole self not relying on anything And all of the dates I went on, interestingly, also didn't drink with me, which was, I thought was kind of cool. Um, So yeah, did that. And then also met another guy who is amazing and also doesn't really drink. So yeah, kind of what you were saying about like stepping into your future, it really enabled like a positive change on many levels. So yeah. I love that. And that's, yeah, that is super brave. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I can't imagine first date without a drink because I don't think I've had that. Like, even when Zach and I did our first date, we made sushi, but we definitely had wine. You know, it's just this very – there's this weird social veil that culturally Mm -hmm. I think people are like, okay, like, if we have some alcohol, we can let this veil down, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But really it's – there's – that's I feel like gonna make you even closer to the person that you mm. end up with is if you initiated 
bringing that weird social veil down to reveal yourselves to each other Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. needing alcohol or without needing, you know, anything else to like make it easier to go through. Yeah. We're just being like 100% ourselves with no, yeah, nothing to hide from the first day. And you know what? Having sex with someone for the first time sober is really something as well. Like I definitely, in my adult life, I don't think I had sex with someone for the first time sober. And that is just, yeah, just like lit in the metaphorical and literal sense, just like laying down naked. (laughs) (laughs) And like having, yeah, not having that confidence that alcohol gives you, but having a whole new, even more powerful confidence of believing in yourself and being in the present moment and having your walls down is really quite magical that's beautiful I love that damn 50 shades of gray dude no I'm just kidding <laughs> bringing it all in yeah <laughs> a full circle moment not that I yeah. was doing anything like that on uh <laughs> on yeah whatever date it was yes oh, I'm such a child I'm like hey, hey. I'm like <laughs> but um Yes. No, I think that's super important. I think that can lead to like really good intimacy, like right Mm -hmm. off the bat. I just feel Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And you can really like, the other thing too, is I think you really get a taste and we've talked about this a little bit before in previous episodes, but you really get a taste for who someone is Mm -hmm. by um, where they're willing to meet you at. And like the fact that you're dates and specifically like Edvar who's just an amazing human being has like met you like where Uh you're at and you have met him where he's at I think that says so much so yeah big fan over here Mm, yeah it's uh, yeah it's amazing it's amazing it's so yeah exactly what you're saying like the physical but also the emotional intimacy is so Mm -hmm. it's really hard to know um because he is obviously like the first person that I've been in love with while being sober but it yeah it's hard to know how much is just him being like an incredibly like genuine and open person or how much is like me being reciprocative of that but yeah it's amazing Mm -hmm. it's both it's both ways baby the magic (laughs) is in both people and it comes together it's like oh my god (laughs) he's gonna Um, love that shout out edward i know you're listening you're hella cool (laughs) and you taught me the word gile and now i use it every day and i feel so much more fancier than i am (laughs) he loves his gile he loves his gile you should probably tell the (laughs) listeners what that is because i know all the americans are like oh what a gila jello like no. So, um, yeah a gilet is like a, a padded vest with a zip with no arms like mm-hmm. a, like a puffer jacket but without jacket. the um without the arms um mm-hmm. so yeah it's a classic absolute tech bro like yeah it's a tech bro <laughs> thing I mean I feel Probably. like those people wear them it's also like a granola girl thing but it's definitely Edward wears it in the in the tech bro sense <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> awesome dang mm-hmm. but I was gonna bring up too Amy I thought like I gosh I don't want to use the word brave but I really appreciate that you gave us your background in your um family of alcoholism and I feel mm-hmm. like I haven't really discussed this even with you but like my biological father he was an alcoholic my whole childhood and um amongst mm-hmm. other things he had done um but I just remember this very 
specific um, scent to my dad. Just he almost like sweated alcohol. Like it just he always mm. smelled like it. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely interfered with our connection. I did not have a good connection with my dad growing up. Um, and a lot of the times when he was around me, he wasn't in the right state of mind. But I was too mm-hmm. young to know that. All I knew is he just like – you know something's off when you're a kid, but oh you just God. don't know what yeah. it is. So I just always knew he just wasn't quite there but mm-hmm. didn't know why. So, yeah, I oh, would yeah. say alcoholism is like – it. I've since I've been young, my mom has even told me like you need to be careful because it's very – like habitual and growing up seeing that and knowing that that runs in Mm -hmm. that side of the family um kind of made me very hyper aware and conscious of drinking um as an adult so I'm very much like I do not wish to be like that um but to tie that up real quick (laughs) to tie my little therapy up real quick my (laughs) my father is sober now and has found a Jesus and is (laughs) doing so much better (laughs) So, you know what? It works for some. Doesn't work Thank you, for Jesus. Thank, Thank you, Jesus, Jesus, for healing everyone. Yes. Yes. Well done. Well done. So, um, yes. So he is, you know, Amazing. success so far. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I just Thank you for sharing that because there's going to be so many people listening that are going to resonate with what you said. And I'm really conscious of – I haven't asked my relatives, like, permission to mm-hmm. – I, I don't know. I, I personally don't feel – comfortable talking about it without them knowing I'm going to talk about it um but yeah I know exactly what it's like to you just know when someone's been drinking and Mm -hmm. to have them hide it from you is so painful especially Mm -hmm. someone that you have always trusted your whole life you know to know that they're lying to you it does it really it really damages relationships and alcoholism Mm -hmm. is any any addiction is just horrific and so unfair on the people the the person who is particularly affecting but also all of the people that love them and yeah has a ripple effect for sure oh my gosh yeah Yeah. and then also to add to the beauty of it my stepdad um came into my life when I was about eight years old and he has been like a light in my life. Amy knows. Amy's my oh, He's but, amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. So really I did has. ask if Mike and Emily would adopt me when I was there, but yes, they apparently want to. You're, you're too old to be adopted when you're 13. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> They'll adopt you anyway, Amy. <laughs> they love you. <laughs> um, no, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal and it's great that you have him and your mom mm-hmm. as, as a role model, very powerful role models. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. As is, as is your dad in his sobriety. That's even, yeah, that's arguably more incredible than never having an, a problem. Yeah. Someone that's that true. can overcome their problem. Yeah. Very much. Wow. Mm. And like, so bringing it right back to more of like the sciencey parts yeah. of not drinking alcohol. So something that I had in mind too is like, so I know a lot of people know you know what your liver is but like are we aware of literally how beautiful the liver is because I just have to take a moment to just bless it because your liver does so much it like filters so many toxins out so it doesn't go into your bloodstream and essentially when we drink alcohol what it does is it literally like kills parts of our liver cells before they're ready to die off And yes, we can regenerate more, but that takes a lot of time, a lot of energy on the body. Mm -hmm. And if you are a habitual drinker or if you do have a drinking problem, it can really 
like affect the rate in which you have cellular regeneration in your liver. So it's just like my biggest thing is like when I got diagnosed, Mm -hmm. I don't really know how I did this, nor would I recommend it to everyone, but I went really cold turkey on smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol. And um, it was not easy for me because it was a social lubricant. But um, when I did that, I also felt tremendously better. And I would say if you are dealing with any inflammatory condition, consider um, cutting back in these areas because your liver is working overtime if you have an autoimmune disease or any Mm -hmm. inflammatory disease. It's working really, really hard to like keep you alive. So yeah. yeah. And you're, because alcohol is so toxic, your liver prioritizes it in its list of things to detox Mm -hmm. from your body. So if you're drinking a lot, that your liver's all tied up, detoxing the alcohol, which means all the other toxins in your body are deprioritized and mm-hmm. may not be filtered out as efficient or well, they will not be filtered out as efficiently as they should be which when you're have an inflammatory disease is the last thing that you want to be doing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. and it's and it's not just your liver alcohol damages or it disrupts nearly every system in your body and it damages nearly every single one of your vital organs so mm-hmm your brain your heart your liver your pancreas your digestive tract your mm-hmm. what, what is that called yeah. your, inte- your intestine your that's what it is yes <laughs> totally Literally, all of every single one your bones like you ever broken a bone and the doctor's like make you should lay off alcohol while you heal it's because alcohol d- re- reduces your bone density and reduces your ability to heal your bones like yeah what are we doing mm-hmm. people what are we yeah. doing? Why why are we willingly choosing to put our vital organs under this strain? Mm-hmm. Well, I know why. Because we've been told that we should do it from a young, young age because of our society and particularly marketing. Like alcohol is marketed to us as a really fun, harmless thing. Mm-hmm. It is and that's not the that is not the facts I don't understand how legally they're allowed to market alcohol as a fun harmless thing yeah have you seen those like cigarette boxes from like Mexico and like South America where you open it it's like a really horrific picture of someone like who has struggled with lung cancer or whose lungs are literally blackened like yeah and I'm sorry I'm not saying you're horrific if you've gone through that that's not what I meant it came out a little intense there but what I'm saying is I think when we open a bottle of alcohol a little warning would be good too on there just like yeah so yeah I was yeah Mm -hmm. so I was thinking about this earlier so we it's completely accepted in our society and taking drugs is not generally Mm -hmm. it kind of depends what circles you run in but generally speaking taking drugs you would be like looked down on or like yeah but fun fact in 2018 3.3 million people died in alcohol related deaths that is compared to less than 500,000 drug related deaths and that's from the world health organization what so damn the world wide web it is a (laughs) fuck from the from the world health organization via the world wide web correct yeah shit that shit's legit (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like needlessly millions of people are dying and yet we're like 
having a baby shower and we're just like oh where's the chardonnay what Mm. as if it's (laughs) as if it's just a fun time it's not a fun time it's not a fun time that's rough that's Mm. wild that's a mind-blowing number oh my Mm. god while but, I'm on while I'm on my stats. Yeah, let's go, girl. Bring I do out. have some mm-hmm. more I did prepare. I was like, can't go into this important podcast oh, like queen, without take some, the reins. I'm ready. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about sexual assault, which is a, a bit of a you know, bit of a turn of events. But half of all sexual assaults involve alcohol consumption half whether that's by the perpetrator or the victim it is estimated that 90 percent of all college campus rape involves alcohol Mm -hmm. women who drink before the age of 18 are eight times more likely to experience a physical assault physical assault than those that that don't i mean isn't that it's just it's crazy it's crazy and that we there is I'm not there is no victim blame here of course like the only person Mm -hmm. that is guilt has any guilt around a sexual assault is the perpetrator but you know what if we thought of alcohol as something that takes our autonomy away and makes us less less safe which it does it takes like Mm -hmm. it stops all of your decision making, your cognition, your reaction time, your memory, it it damages all of these things. And we do it willingly for fun. So yeah, it's something to think about. Definitely. That's like, yeah, that's a staggering statistic and like is very legit, at least in the US. And I feel like our UK listeners, I, I don't know if this resonates with you guys, but college culture mm-hmm. it's like a like we don't drink as early here in the u.s as yes. other countries yeah, yeah, yeah like we're like you can join the army you can drive a car but you can't get drunk and then at 21 we're all like let's get shit faced yeah. so that's real in the culture and college around that is like everybody is excited to drink it's this thing that's been so mm-hmm. taboo for everyone yeah. but at the same time, I have known a lot of people who fall into those categories um, of either a lot, not in the sense of death, but I do have some friends who passed away in college from substance abuse. And then I do know a handful of women who have been sexually assaulted while both of them, both people were under the influence. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. sad and it's really frustrating that we don't have more conversations like this in our country in the U.S. um, for young adults specifically, no matter what your gender is. And just say, you know, here is here is realistically what can happen when you consume this. And if you are going to consume this, here's how to responsibly like make an action plan, like have someone who's sober, have someone who's Mm -hmm. your your go to. Yeah. so yeah, I really wish that yeah. culture would change here. And I don't know if it's like that in uni in the UK, but mm. it's it's huge in the US. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I know we we on the sex episode, I briefly mentioned mm. that I was sexually assaulted when I was 19. I had yeah. been drinking that night, and I think that night would have gone very differently for me 
had I in fact I know it would have not happened if I hadn't been drinking Mm. however as I said like I know there is no blame on my part but it's just something that has stuck with me for sure and then a friend of mine a girl in her we call them uni halls here which is a dorm for you um yeah so a guy in her halls sexually assaulted a girl in her halls like literally like in in their home and their like safe space and yeah so yeah it happens any anyone you talk to sadly can reel off personal experiences of it happening to them or their friends or Mm -hmm. yeah and I wanted to just mention a quote which is so powerful to me and it's from a book called quit like a woman by Holly Whitaker Uh, which I was going to mention a little bit because it was a phenomenal book. Um, But so she says, we are focused on the narrative we've been sold that tells us alcohol brings joy, connection and happiness more than we are on the actual narrative, which tells us alcohol brings death, sickness and rape. Mm. Yeah. Shit. Wow. So that is Mm. very, very powerful to me for obvious reasons, personally powerful to me for obvious reasons. But when you, when you look at it in that black and white way, the facts tell us it's negative. The marketing tells us it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's wild. So like, I, I'm curious to, I mean, like, so I know when I stopped drinking, when I first got diagnosed, I I really like stopped hard, stopped drinking. And now I'm in a point in my life where I'll have like a drink and and honestly, Amy has seen it. It takes me like a day, a literal day to finish a beer. Amy has full Correct. on witnessed it. I've witnessed it. <laughs> I have like had it at like noon and then at like 11 p.m. at night, I was still had my same beer. Amy's like, is that <laughs> she'd the also, same one? <laughs> she'd, she'd also, not only that, but she'd carried it around she hiked it around Yosemite <laughs> carried it back on the bus we got back to the campsite she still had it we like got changed we played games and 11 o'clock at night she still had that same beer bottle and I didn't finish it <laughs> and there's still some left I am like just I just don't I barely drink so which is amazing which yeah. is amazing it's amazing so- so there was that, and thankfully that beer did have a cap. So just in <laughs> case you're thinking I'm some Wonder Woman who doesn't spill drinks, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was gonna say I wonder like, like so when I stopped drinking, something I did, and I think I talked about this in our diagnosis episode, is that like I started when I wanted to go out with friends because I didn't want to miss out at that age, and now I don't yeah. mind missing out as much. But like for any of our younger listeners, like around 21, who might be looking to stop drinking like something I did that really helped was I would order from the bartender sparkling water cranberry juice and a lime in it and it Mm. looks like the most beautiful cocktail you've ever had and actually tastes good in my opinion and um it's amazing because when I was in college the bartenders wouldn't charge me for it and if they Uh, did it was less than a dollar so I would literally go out the whole night hydrating cranberry juice flushes your system like it's really Mm -hmm. so like Amy said you won't be able to match your friends who are you know like on their cloud nine but you will feel miraculously better the next day when you guys all go to brunch you're not going to be the one with the sunglasses on like painful looking at the sun (laughs) you're like no you're like I got it I'm good but um 
yeah, no, that was one drink that I I loved to order when I wasn't drinking because it just looks so fabulous. And mm, no, seamless. I've never tried, but I'm definitely going to be trying that. That does sound amazing. It's a good and that's one. a nice yeah. That's a nice little tip as well for mm-hmm. how people can do this in their everyday life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And nice. also, like, I used to be afraid of people being like, what is that? And like, yeah. and people did ask me in college, and I just was like, sparkling water, cranberry, goodness. And they just will leave you alone. Just say something a little weird if you're worried. And if not, just own it and be like, this is sparkling water with cranberry yeah. juice. And I'm fine. Yeah. It's so oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And I do think, um, I do think like perceptions around alcohol are changing and like mm-hmm. social acceptance of people that, is sober I think that's changing as well but I'm I just find it something that's like I find respect in it like if someone says to me like I've been sober for 10 years I'm like wow that's so cool that you've been able to do that mm-hmm. yeah it yeah it doesn't it's not like a social prior thing to me it's just like a wow that's impressive hell yeah yeah and on that I wanted to know a few celebrities that are sober because when you get into this and you like do more research, you realize the incredible amount of people that actively choose not to drink alcohol. And I've literally flabbergasted by this list. And I mean, obviously it's ongoing, but like Natalie Portman, Elton John, mm-hmm. Tyler, the creator, Bradley Cooper, Robert Downey Jr., Lana Del Rey, Calvin Harris, Russell Brand, Blake Lively, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Lopez, Pharrell Williams, Chris Martin, Jim Carrey, Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, literally the creme de la creme, people at the top of their game, all actively choosing not to drink alcohol. Amazing. Tyler, the creator, not drinking alcohol. And he still brings the energy. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to be like drunk to bring the energy. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so true. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I wanted to throw, and obviously there's going to be so many more, but I wanted to throw that out there because some of those people I was like really surprised by. And like mm-hmm. to know that they're making that like active choice, it's just very influential to me. And you kind of have to weigh up like, all oh, these people are so super successful. Is it because they don't drink? It definitely helps. I'm pretty, mm-hmm. I'm very confident in saying, I don't have any stats on that, but I'm very confident in saying it does help you work smarter and have more energy mm-hmm. and feel more confident, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Your body can focus on the things that matter to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. Cool. So I think to wrap it up, I just wanted to say like some last little words on because I feel like this has been a lot of like my personal experience and then some just like hardcore, quite scary facts. But what it comes down to for me is like simple, for me, it was simple maths. I was like, is this costing me more than I gain from it? And the easiest answer, it was yes. It is 100%. And that's not going to be the case for everyone, but it was for me. That was my personal experience. And on my tracking my sobriety app it has like a thing that you pledge every day and my pledge was I deserve to have the best healthiest life and it was Mm. as simple as that and it's like why would I do anything that would get in the way of me having the best healthiest life so yeah 
That was my final Mm. thought. It can be as simple as that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Amy. And then to our listeners too, like, thank you for being here. And we love you, even if you drink. And we just hope you'll do whatever works best for you. And just take this with a grain of salt if this is a lot. But we are so appreciative for you being here. Mm. And I am beyond appreciative for Amy talking about this and especially after my Paloma and a half. Yeah. Birthday. Shit, girl, that took me out. I think COVID was like, I'm creeping in now. So yeah, I'm going to lay off some drinks for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. I want to say that has reminded me. I wanted to say like, I'm only a year in, which is not, it's not a long time on the scale of my life. And I don't even know if I'm gonna stay 100% sober for the rest of my life. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna make that commitment. Um, honestly, I really miss having champagne on special occasions. It's like the one thing I miss, and I I know there's gonna be lots in my life, lots of times in my life where I'm gonna want to. It's more about the celebration, like marking something with a toast, is what is like something that kind of plays in my mind. But yeah, I'm not. I don't want anyone to think that like this is like it's better if you don't drink and I look down on you if you don't because that's not the case at all I have complete respect for everyone's thoughts and opinions on it and choices that they make I just wanted to share facts that I've learned like facts that woke me up things that I found interesting and like my own personal experience like as almost like a science experiment of what can happen and what life is like but yeah I would no I'm not I'm not urging anyone to do anything apart from live their best healthiest life no I'm kidding no seriously I love that live your best no. healthiest life no, no. do what yeah 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 is it. <laughs> yeah do whatever feels right for you and yes but thank you so much for letting me share this because it's yeah it's one of the most wonderful things in life is like being able to share your experiences and what you've learned so thank you for listening Oh, yay. Well, (laughs) with that said, you guys, thank you for being here. We look forward to having you back here in two weeks. And until then, remember to let the light in.